Welcome to Midday Prayer for Saturday, March 18th, 2023, the 22nd day of Lent. Our help is in the name of the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. Praise the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. A reading from the Wisdom of Solomon. The Foolishness of Nature Worship. For all people who were ignorant of God were foolish by nature, and they were unable from the good things that are seen to know the one who exists. Nor did they recognize the artisan while paying heed to his works. But they supposed that either fire or wind or swift air or the circle of the stars or turbulent water or the luminaries of heaven were the gods that rule the world. If through delight in the beauty of these things people assumed them to be gods, let them know how much better than these is their Lord, for the author of beauty created them. And if people were amazed at their power and working, let them perceive from them how much more powerful is the one who formed them. For from the greatness and beauty of created things comes a corresponding perception of their creator. Yet these people are little to be blamed, for perhaps they go astray while seeking God and desiring to find him. For while they live among his works, they keep searching and trust in what they see, because the things that are seen are beautiful. Yet again, not even they are to be excused, for if they had the power to know so much that they could investigate the world, how did they not more quickly find the Lord of these things? A reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. Thus said the Lord to me, Go and buy yourself a linen loincloth, and put it on your loins, but do not dip it in the water. So I bought a loincloth according to the word of the Lord, and put it on my loins. And the word of the Lord came to me a second time, saying, Take the loincloth that you bought and are wearing, and go now to the Euphrates, and hide it there in a cleft of the rock. So I went and hid it by the Euphrates, as the Lord commanded me. And after many days the Lord said to me, Go now to the Euphrates, and take from there the loincloth that I commanded you to hide there. Then I went to the Euphrates, and dug, and I took the loincloth from the place where I had hidden it. But now the loincloth was ruined. It was good for nothing. Then the word of the Lord came to me. Thus says the Lord, Just so I will ruin the pride of Judah and the great pride of Jerusalem. This evil people, who refuse to hear my words, who stubbornly follow their own will, and have gone after other gods to serve them and worship them, shall be like this loincloth, which is good for nothing. For as the loincloth clings to one's loins, so I made the whole house of Israel and the whole house of Judah cling to me, says the Lord, in order that they might be for me a people, a name, a praise, and a glory. But they would not listen. Holy Wisdom, Holy Word, thanks be to God. Introduction to the Second Helvetic Confession The word Helvetic is Latin for Swiss. The setting of the Second Helvetic Confession is Swiss-German Reformed Protestantism. 
After the great reformer Ulrich Zwingli died in battle in 1531, Heinrich Bullinger succeeded him as minister of the church in, Jur in Zurich. Bullinger was a model reformed minister. A preacher, he expounded scripture at least twice a week. A scholar, he wrote Latin commentaries on many books of the Old Testament and on every book of the New Testament except Revelation. An educator, he initiated a system of schools for Zurich and was rector of the Carolinum, a theological academy. A person with ecumenical and political concerns, he was in correspondence with leaders of the Reformation and with rulers throughout Europe. A pastor, he welcomed religious refugees into his own home. When the plague swept through Zurich in 1564, he insisted upon ministering to the afflicted, even though he knew he might become infected and die. In 1561, Bullinger composed the document that later became known as the Second Helvetic Confession. He intended to attach it to his last will and testament to the Zurich Church, but events in Germany soon brought it into the public arena. The publication of the Heidelberg Catechism created trouble for the man who had ordered its preparation. Lutherans considered it too reformed in spirit, and they demanded that Frederick the Elector, governor of the Palatinate, be brought to trial for heresy. Not a theologian himself, Frederick turned to Bullinger, who offered Frederick this confession as the basis for his defense. When the Imperial Diet, the ruling body of Germany, met for trial in 1566, Frederick was exonerated. Meanwhile, the churches of Switzerland adopted Bullinger's confession as their new confession of faith. Soon finding wide acceptance throughout Europe and beyond, it was translated into French, English, Dutch, Polish, Hungarian, Italian, Arabic, and Turkish. Reflecting the theological maturity of the Reformed churches, the Second Helvetic Confession is moderate in tone and Catholic in spirit. From the opening paragraphs, it emphasizes the Church and its life and affirms the authority of the Scriptures for the Church's government and Reformation. By including an article on predestination, the Confession asks the Church to trust in God's free and gracious election of its membership in Jesus Christ. At the same time, the Confession addresses the practical life of the gathered community, detailing matters of worship, church order and conflict, ministry, the sacraments, and marriage. A prayer attributed to Augustine of Hippo, 354-430 God of life, there are days when the burdens we carry are heavy on our shoulders and weigh us down, when the road seems dreary and endless, the skies gray and threatening, when our lives have no music in them, and our hearts are lonely, and our souls have lost their courage. Flood the path with light, turn our eyes to where the skies are full of promise, tune our hearts to brave music, give us the sense of comradeship with heroes and saints of every age, and so quicken our spirits that we may be able to encourage the souls of all who journey with us on the road of life. To your honor and glory. Amen. A prayer for the proclamation of the gospel. By your word, O God, your creation sprang forth, and we were given the breath of life. By your word, eternal God, death is overcome, Christ is raised from the tomb, and we are given a new life in the power of your Spirit. 
May we boldly proclaim this good news by the words of our mouths and the deeds of our lives, rejoicing always in your powerful presence, through Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. Amen. God of compassion, we praise you that you look upon our frail lives with love and understanding, and that you desire for us all new life in Jesus Christ. We are overwhelmed by your love, which goes to the cross for us, endures the grave, and leads us to new life. By your Spirit, strengthen our souls to be brave and bold in Christ's service. Take the offering of our lives and use us for your purposes, in the name of Jesus Christ, our crucified and risen Lord. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. The God of peace be with us. Amen. Bless the Lord. The Lord's name be praised.